What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Run Your Mouth Podcast. Did I, did I lose everyone? Is the whole audience gone? Because the last two weeks I've been on the road and I've only been putting out live shows and everyone's like, I don't like the live shows. You don't give me the news on the live show. You keep bullshitting with the crowd. You got slides that aren't working. This isn't the quality programming from living rooms that I look for. I want a yelly guy. I want a guy who wakes up early in the morning, reads the news, and then he was all cooped up and he spent so much time reading that now he's got all this spillover energy because he's got ADD and he doesn't take his meds and he's sitting there and he's reading and he's reading and he's reading and he hasn't talked to anyone in like three days because he just stays in his apartment because when he's not on the road, that's all he does. And then finally he opens up his mouth and he's like, I got all these words and I got to get them out of my head. And I know that's what you guys are looking for. So is that what happened? Did everyone bail because I was on because uh, I wasn't doing this on a regular basis? Are you guys sitting there and you go, if I can't have consistency from the yelly maniac from his living room who's going to give me programming on a more regular basis, then I'm not hanging out here. I'm not going to be I'm not going to feel disappointed. Don't treat me like some kid with a shitty alcoholic dad that I have to sit here all day and find out whether or not you're actually going to put together a news broadcast. I get it. You people are out there and you're like, I want this thing on a more regular basis. And what can I say? We're doing an end of year project, but this is probably going to be the last time I do it. If I'm going to be honest, because I'm like you guys, I'd rather just be more ADD and do this shit daily, do comedy every weekend, and then just put out clips of the jokes that are working without having to, you know, work with slides people and all that stuff, except LVMP does do a great job. All right, here we go, people. We're going to get into some news. It's nice to be back hanging out with you guys, supported by sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You get 20% off and you'll create And we're doing a very gay episode today. So I don't know if you can, uh, if you're going to be able to handle this episode without the Ocratums. It might be a little bit too much for you. I feel like if your uh, your balls aren't being cooped by the nice warmth of a sheath underwear, you, you might not be able to handle the gayness of this episode. Uh, guys, last show of the year is going to be at the Shell. Make the fucking journey, especially for the New Year's show. I'm bringing the Shedcast boys out there. I got a bunch of hilarious uh, local Connecticut comics that I'm friends with coming out. We're going to be doing a full comedy show. I'm going to be doing the end of the year recap. And then I'm going to be getting fucking hammered and enjoying a Shedcast concert into the new year. That's going to be a party. Uh, be on the lookout. If I get all the slides put together, I might do a couple Zoom shows to, you know, practice the uh, end of year thing. And might try and add a New York, a Connecticut, possibly a Philly, maybe even a Chicago. I don't know. We'll see. Got to get the slides. See where we're at. All right, let's get in. Uh, let's get into some news. Oh wait, one more thing. I got. I got to say one more thing. And then I promise you, I got a full new show planned. No bullshit. There's gonna be news in the show. A lot of gay stuff. I'm gonna make good on my promise. Uh, thank you for everyone that came out for uh for the for the live shows, but not just the people that came out. Also, I mean, we've got fans that are actually organizing these events for me, people that are letting me stay in their homes, people are letting me stay in their Airbnbs. Like I, I mean, every single one of these shows, there's no comedy club booker that's emailing to have me, even though I'm drawing and doing really well. Uh, this has been entirely fan built where people are emailing me and saying, Hey, I've got a room that you can perform in. Hey, I've got, I own my own club, come out and perform. Uh, and people hooking up Airbnbs, people letting me sleep in their homes. So uh, you guys are the coolest and I appreciate it. Like I had after the Arizona show uh, in Tucson, uh, the guy who hooked up the gig showed up to, I think, his sister's house. I lived down the street. Guy was sitting on the couch. Never met this guy my whole life. I just sat there. I smoked a joint with him, watched a movie for a half hour. They had a whole fridge of seltzers. This was like a house out of out of my dreams. They literally had an entire fridge just filled with seltzers 
for me to consume. I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning and bounced. That was fucking awesome. So just shout out to all you guys. All right, let's, uh, oh, and shout out to Roscoe who showed up with silver, which is always fun. All right, here we go. What do we got? Let's, uh, let's see what topics we've got on the menu for today. Today's topics. What kind of boys is Yoel Roth into? Wait, we're at home. Let's do a news drop. Let's do it. Dun, dun, dun. But da, 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 da. Here we go. News drop. Here we go. News drop. Here we go. All right. So much for that idea. Back to the news topics. Uh, why you shouldn't hand in college papers. The conspiracy theorist claiming to have evidence that Yoel Roth is a secret non-Jew who actually likes very normal porn, but fell in with the wrong CIA unit. You got to be careful when that happens. You get recruited. And on that note, the next topic is going to be coverage of the CIA divisions with hidden connections to Aristotle, the Catholic Church, and their mission to normalize the loving of little boys. Next, what data does Twitter have on cleaning habits of pedophiles that it was advertising Dyson vacuums to them? Do all pedophiles prefer Dysons? Is that the way to keep your van clean? Would this make a good advertising campaign for Dyson? Hey, it's good enough for covering up a crime. And lastly, the Supreme Court is upholding the ban on menthol cigarettes, having members of the black community going, that's racist. All right, and so now let's get into the really, really gay stuff. This guy, Yoel Roth, he's out there. They put him in charge of Twitter. He's taking down the good, honest information that could have gotten Trump re-elected. We could have had that wall. I don't know if you guys realize it, but if Trump had gotten in for a round two, you don't think we would have gotten rid of Fauci and built a wall? You don't think good things were going to happen? You don't think that the stock market was going to continue to go up endlessly and they were going to get all the pedophiles out of Washington? You don't think he was going to recruit that shaman to be his uh, his press secretary, and then and then they were going to bring good religious energy back into this thing so he could be a Christian-loving nation once again, undivisible, all-eating vegan foods? You guys don't think it was all heading in that direction? Well, sadly, you've got these people up at Twitter, uh, and, you know, they're, they're censoring information. And you might be wondering, well, how do I get a job? How can I get a $175,000 a year job just being the dictator of information where I just get to decide there's no formal policies? I don't even have to worry about really doing my job. Well, it doesn't matter how much creepy kid shit is going out on the platform. As long as I get to make decisions that the politicians I don't like don't get to be on the platform that I work for. How do you get such an entitled and privileged position? Well, you got to go get a doctorate, I think from Penn. I think for me, he was Penn, Princeton, something with the P in it. Uh, and so you you got to, and you know how you get those degrees? Because that's not hard. I mean, it's hard. You got to show up to school. You got to write papers. But here's what I figured out from this Yoel Roth guy. If you write papers gay enough, no one's going to read them. Who wants to read a 350-page paper about Grinder? That's how this guy got his doctorate. His doctorate thesis was on how Grinder affects the gay community. And if there's ever been a, a report that some professors like, yeah, you know what? You get an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this one, this one was great. This was the best paper I ever read. Enjoy yourself. I, okay, so firstly, that's how you get an A. And by the way, this is a screenshot uh, from his actual paper. So if you're got kids and they're like studying math and doing things like that, trying to get jobs, uh, what they should be doing is matching with men and sucking dicks. I mean, that's that's probably what what needs to if you want to get these good Twitter positions where there's no metrics by which you actually have to do your job well and you can make a lot of money. Uh, you know, that that's probably that's probably what you have to do. All right. So here, let's take a look at uh, some of what this man had to say. So this was the abstract. You ready? 
Since its launch in 2009, the geosocial networking service Grindr has become an increasingly mainstream and prominent part of gay culture, both in the United States and globally. Mobile applications like Grindr give users the ability to quickly and easily share information about themselves in the form of text, numbers, and pictures and connect with each other in real time on the basis of geographic proximity. If you want dick on the quake, if you want to find out who's in your area ready to go, the days of showing up to a gas station and just putting your dick through a hole and hoping for the best are over. You don't have to show up. You don't have to say passwords. You don't have to knock on car windows. Nope. We can do this all digitally online thanks to Grindr. And me, as the brightest in academia, I'm here to write about it. Just in case you were confused about what he was talking about so far. Let's continue. I argue that these services constitute an important site for examining how bodies, identities, and communities are translated into data, as well as how data becomes a tool for forming, understanding, and managing personal relationships. Throughout this work, I articulate, I articulate a model of network interactivity that conceptualizes self-expression as an act determined by the three sometimes overlapping, sometimes conflicting sets of ordinances and constraints. And now I have no idea what he's talking about. You got to give it to, uh, to academics that like even on topics as simple as gay people hooking up on gay apps based on proximity so that you can find dick really quick. They still manage to dress it up with words where you're like, I guess this is smart because I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Me as a humble intellect of uh, that lacks this incredible greatness of the academia that you have, have somehow managed to confuse me in your tale of people getting dick on the quick. You see, that's my skill is I can just simplify things. And now I'm reading what you had to say and I'm completely lost. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what, what happened to simple, simple thesis is. You know, you got to get three lines in. And then by that third line, you got to tell me what the fuck you're talking about all in one sentence. They taught us that in high school. It was a pretty good rule. Just tell me what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah, you got all this fancy language. Queefy talk. I don't know what's going on here. All right, let's continue. One, techno-commercial structures of software and business. Two, cultural and subcultural norms. Moore's histories and standards of acceptable and accepted conduct. And three, social political tendencies that appear to be, but in fact are not, fixed techno-commercial structures. It's like, do you just get out of thesaurus and be like, what big words can I shove in here so that no one can understand this? And then I can pretend like I was smarter than the guy that was supposed to read this. Like, hey, can someone give me a 300 page paper that makes no sense? Let's continue. But this got him a job. Uh, here, I'm just going to continue. Over the course of this dissertation, I suggest ways in which users, policymakers, and developers can productively recognize the liveness, vitality, and durability of personal information in the design, implementation, and use of gay-targeted social networking services. Specifically, I argue that through a focus on one, open-ended structures of interface design, two, clear and transparent articulations of service policies and the rationales behind them, and three, approaches to user information that promote data server, uh, surround, blah, blah, blah. designers, developers, and advocates can work to make social networking services, including Grindr, safer and more representative of their users throughout their... So I guess he's on the sidelines complaining about how someone else's service should work. And so if his uh, thing is showcasing how... That, 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 that he's in the hierarchy of complaining gayness, and then he's done that well. So he's uh, reviewing somebody else's thing to go, here's how their product should work. And off of that, the people at Twitter said, all right, this guy's gay enough for the job. Uh, and I also just want to say, it used to be we lived in a world where you didn't talk about your, uh, your personal life. You know, it, it, your, your credentials for a job would be, hey, uh, I, I've studied the, the information, uh, I have the relevant degrees, 
I've got the relevant experience or I'm such a creative person. Here's what your team is missing because they've all come through traditional structures. Here's proof of concept. This is the type of work that you guys are doing. I just went out and did it. Uh, but in this case, uh, the credentials now are are your personal life. The guy, the guy's paper that he wrote about is his actual experience on grind. Like I would think you would pick anything other than exposing your personal life and your feelings about your personal life and the people, the sexual encounters that you're having and the way that you're having them as a way to explore getting your graduate degree. I would think that you would have to pick a topic that didn't include some sort of a write-up of your sexual history and the way that you're meeting other individuals. But uh, that's the way it works now. You got to show up to HR and convince them that you're qualified for a job. The credentials now are going, well, last year I spent three days, three weeks on a spiritual journey in the safari doing hallucinogenics because I really wanted to get in touch with myself and uproot my childhood trauma. And so what I've learned about human interaction from spending three years not working a job and just traveling around and being alone with my thoughts. And that's suddenly what makes you qualified. All right, here we go. Let's continue. What else we got? So Elon Musk tweeted out a piece of this guy's dissertation. And, you know, he said, hey, look, this guy seems to be pro uh, pro kids on on adult gay platforms. All right. So let's give a read to the actual uh, uh, paragraph that was on page, I believe, 300 of this guy's thing. Because when I heard that he had a whole report that was academic on Grindr, I was like, I'll, I'll read a gay report. Are you kidding me? Gay academics on Grindr? I'll get into that. But then it turned into 300 pages of dribble. Like, I thought I was going to have more fun with it. But then when I read that abstract, I was like, oh, I guess this is that academic smarty smarty talk that goes right over my old Jew brain. I was like, I don't have the kind of intellect for this type of thing. I wish I could like debate the guy about what the fuck he's even talking about. Wouldn't that be fun if I could just like you give me academic papers and then I get the guy who wrote the academic paper and then we can just grill him on on why he's not putting it in plain fucking English. We'll call it the make it make your fucking point show where we review academic papers of 300 pages of dribble and nonsense and we just, you know, get upset at the people for wasting our time that they can't just make a fucking point. All right, so here we go. This was tweeted out by Elon Musk, letting you know who this Yoel Roth character was. Social outlet for gay, bisexual, and questioning youth. While gay youth-oriented chat rooms and social networking services were available in the early 2000s, these services have largely fallen by the wayside in favor of general-purpose platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat. Perhaps this is truly representative of an increasingly absent demand among young adults for network spaces to engage with peers about their sexuality. But it's worth considering how, if at all, the current generations of popular sites of gay network sociability might fit into an overall queer social landscape that increasingly includes individuals under the age of 18. Even with the service's extensive content management, Grindr may well be too lewd or too hookup oriented to be safe and age appropriate resource for teenagers. All right, so he's admitting up front that maybe an app specifically for people going to engage in sex. Uh, maybe that's not meant for kids, but the fact that people under 18 are on these services already indicates that we can't readily dismiss these platforms out of hand as low key for queer youth culture, rather than merely trying to absolve themselves of legal responsibility or worse, trying to drive out teeners entirely. That would be worse. That would be the worst case scenario is that Grindr tried to drive out teenagers entirely. Let's continue. 
Service providers should instead focus on crafting safety strategies that can accommodate a wide variety of use cases for platforms like Grindr, including possibly their role in safety, safely connecting queer young adults. That's fucking weird. You know why it's weird? If you want to create a platform and you go, we would like to create a platform where people can socially engage with one another and they can do it on interest, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it's outside of what is an adult sexual meeting place. That might make sense. You might even, but even if you said, hey, we're going to make the children a version of Grindr that's just for kids, that's still fucking creepy. Adults should not be working on social media platforms specifically so that kids can find each other to engage in sexual activity. And that has nothing to do with being straight or gay. If you, if you were to stand up and go, hey, we know that kids out here are all trying to hook up in this high school. And so me, I'm a tech developer and I've created a new app where boys and girls can figure out how to meet people based on their interest and go out there and have sex with each other. The parents can be like, yeah, we don't want that. That's not something that you should be working on. But here you have him advocating the fact that Gay sex is so important, even amongst kids under the age 18. How dare Grinder, a company that I don't work for, not figure out a way to not prohibit these people from being on the platform? I hate to break it to you. That's in his own words. I didn't twist that too much. Creepy shit. Here we go. And now here's how the Washington Post responds to this. They go, Elon Musk uses QAnon tactic in criticizing former Twitter safety chief. And um, for always... These people always yelling, hey, homophobic, hey, racist, you're a homophobe and you're a racist. I feel like this kind of countered that by going, well, these gay people, they're, they're pro creepy sexual stuff with kids. Like it's, you know what I mean? We've, we've kind of pulled the same move a little bit where we just leap it to, hey, you're a pedophile and uh, they don't like it. They, they, you know what I'm saying? The people that have been very quick to always go, well, you must be a racist. You must be an anti-Semite. You must be homophobic. I mean, this is kind of their tactic, but in this case, it's a little bit more accurate. I mean, this guy was advocating in his own words that Grindr should make sure that it has technology available for kids under the age 18 to be able to meet up with each other so that they can involve themselves in gay stuff. Meaning adults should sit around in a room and figure out how they can better connect kids under the age of 18 to involve themselves in gay stuff. Does that sound like a, like a good activity for a tech company? Does that sound like that's not going to get creepy in terms of them having their data and particularly in terms of getting mixed in with their already main product, which is a platform for adults to be able to meet each other and get dicks on the quick. All right. But then here, this was within their article. And by the way, if someone's actually involved in advocating for creepy shit for kids, what? So the second you call that out now, all of a sudden you're using QAnon tactics. This was the same thing like when Hillary Clinton goes, well, that's Russian interference. It doesn't matter if the information's true. It's worth having a conversation about. All right, here we go. Here we go. So this was from the Washington Post. The attached snippet instead showed Roth suggesting that since teenagers were accessing apps and websites that they were not supposed to use, as they always have, those services should consider offering toned down content alongside adult fare. I want to read reread that because, to be honest, I spaced out. I was thinking about what I was going to eat for breakfast. I know I was reading it, and you guys were listening to me read it, and it sounded like I was present, but I was thinking about the egg sandwich I'm going to make when this show's over. So let me read that again. The attached snippet instead showed Ross suggesting that since teenagers were accessing apps and websites that they were not supposed to use, as they always have, those services should consider offering toned-down content alongside adult fare. 
So that's their interpretation. And it's always nice to give your interpretation when you don't actually quote the original source material. They go, hey, don't look at the original source material. Just take our more favorable interpretation. Uh, and I guess that's true. The service should, should offer toned down content alongside adult fare, but that's their categorization of it being toned down content. Uh, where more accurately, I think he was saying everyone should be able to get dicks on the quick. That's a service. No gay man should be out without dicks on the quick. And luckily, Grinder created a technology where you didn't have to go to gas stations. You could just easily find men. You could look at their profile. You could look at the chiseled abs. You could find your otters. You could find your bears. You could select by category how deep you want things in your rectum, what you want going in your rectum, who should be spinning in it. And you don't have to go even to a gay bar and try and make conversation. You could just go on to Grinder, select otters, see who recently had their ass whacked, and put your dick right into it. Unbelievable technology. And I support all this. You know, if you ever switch over to the other side, you want to make sure that you can find what you're looking for right away. I don't want to have to be driving to gas stations, knocking on knocking on windows and stalls and trying to find out what's up. That's not what any of us want. And so this guy was actually saying, well, we should be making that available to kids, too. And adults should be working on the platform for kids because kids need kids need uh, dicks on the quick, too. That's not just an adult activity. That's not something that you grow up to be over the age of 18. And now you've earned your right to get onto an app and see how quickly you can get something inside your asshole. See what I'm saying? I mean, that's their categorization, and they don't even give you the source material. So what? It was going to be a... Uh, uh, all right, moving on, and then I also enjoyed this. So you've got the Yoel Roth guy, uh, and we did the, uh, the, 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 the last drop of the uh, Twitter files, and so I'm reading through it, and it was kind of boring, kind of convoluted, going all over the place, but it seemed pretty clear that this guy was having, Yoel Roth was having regular meetings with the FBI. I think that that's a fairly clear takeaway. And we already know Jim Psaki was up there saying we regularly coordinate. We'd let these people know what's going to be taken down, which points to the fact that we don't have free speech on these platforms because we got the government calling up these platforms and saying, hey, we can't have this information out there. Hey, you got to censor this information. That stuff's going to lead to danger. And um, Google is at a point now, used to be, you could put any search into Google and it was going to come back with some search results. So I was playing around with the different angles here because I was very specifically interested in trying to find out the extent of the meetings between Yoel Roth and the FBI. Because I'm sure that these meetings were, hey, we're just trying to share our best security information about what you should be aware of on your platform. Were they having meetings about uh, making sure that there are no terrorist communications on the platform? Or were they having meetings to make sure that uh, there isn't child uh, pedophilia shit going on on the platform, that there isn't child porn? Because I can understand that. The FBI goes, hey, we're getting complaints from parents. We're going to have to figure out, make sure that your uh, things aren't doing anything illegal. Uh, but in this case, I guess the FBI, you know, they're calling them up just to make sure that Trump doesn't have full access to the platform and that, you know, no one's criticizing Fauci. They've got their marching orders. And so they got to have their back channel meetings and make sure everyone's all on the same page with a little wink and an eye. Hey, we're not censoring anything here. We're just giving you our best practices that that laptop that might make uh, Biden lose the election was actually coming from the Russians. And well, yeah, there's 40 other security experts that all say the same thing. And so you guys better take that thing down immediately. But nope, we're not playing for one side here and there's no tech censorship. So I go over to my Googles and I'm trying to find out the extent of these meetings. Did a simple search here. I'm sure there's better ways to search this. I was playing around all different formulas, categorizations here, meetings between Yoel Roth and the FBI. And Google was nice enough to come back and let me know, listen, we can't get you information right away anymore. We live in a different world. 
We're no longer instant information. That was the old business model. Now we got to take a couple days. This is a new world that we live in. I think I know that you think that we've had open communications on the internet where you could just readily find information at any point in time. And that typically speaking, technology gets better. So if something existed five years ago, there's really no reason why a better version of it shouldn't exist today. But that 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 you 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 thought of the world wrong because uh, the results I got back was it looks like the results below are changing quickly. If this topic is new, it can sometimes take time for reliable sources to publish information. We don't live in a world where you can just go to Google anymore. Google is no longer a search engine. It used to be you could go there and you could get instant information. Now you find out that apparently they need more time to scrub out the information that they don't want you to see. And sometimes, you know, this is happening live. And in order for people to be able to spin this information, sometimes they can't spin it immediately. Sometimes you actually have the other organizations, they got to be out there and they got to see how how pissed off we are and whether or not they're going to take our side or actually pretend like the story never happened. Or what are they going to do that they're actually going to be able to spin this information? They can't do it instantly. Google can't just be scrubbing all the results right away. They need 24 hours so that they can get you accurate propaganda. So for any of you, if you're trying to research these topics, uh, just know Google can no longer give you instant accurate information uh they're actually letting you know that it's going to take 24 to 48 hours before they can fully uh ensure that their stamp of propaganda is on the information that they're putting in front of you new times that we're living in and for those that are frustrated because you're sitting there and you're like how come i can't get accurate information right away once again i can recommend to you you go to sheathunderwear.com use promo code rym you get the only underwear in the world that's got a ball pouch and also has a dick hole so that you can sit in your chair and, and you can uh, and you can actually take the time to sit there. And if you need even more sitting down powers, well, then yokratum.com, home of the $60 kilo. Now, the story gets even fucking worse. If you thought the story about the Twitters working together with governments, if you thought that was the end of it, that you just had some, some guy graduating after writing gay d- d- dissertations and then s- being able to make all the decisions about what you and I shouldn't or be able to read, You look at CNN, you think CNN isn't just the news network for the fucking deep state. I mean, John Brennan, the ex-CIA, he actually works there. I mean, how does that work? Like if you're, if you used to be the head of our intelligence agency and then you work over at CNN, don't you still just have a job at the intelligence agency? Don't you just have a new job at the intelligence agency where you're now working at CNN and making sure that the reporting over there is in line with whatever the, the CIA wants? Isn't that kind of still just having the same job in a different position? Yeah, I'm now here as the expert from the CIA so I can give you guys the spin for every single story that goes out in the exact way that my old department wants it to be. Oh, yeah, great. Now I got my old job at the CIA back. Good thing I stayed up on all the news while I had that job at CNN. Well, this seems to be the exact fucking thing at Twitter. You had a guy who was working at the FBI. His name is Jim Baker. Not only was he working on the FBI, he was working on the Donald Trump uh collusion thing like when that whole investigation was going on i believe based on the articles i read uh you know sometimes i'm skimming and i'm already angry because google won't give me search results but he also he came up in the in the sussman trial with a whole thing that started the whole thing at the fbi and then he was working on the fbi case sounds to me like the lawyer who's in charge of this stuff 
It's just work in the deep state. It's the same fucking thing. Oh, I guess maybe I can get better work done. We're going to actually need someone from the FBI who's going to be working at Twitter and overseeing this. Okay, cool. Look, we've got just the guy for you. He's got a full credential from his career at the FBI as a lawyer, as working with the Clintons, as working on the Russia collusion scandal. Uh, this is no fucking different than when the when the guy, the EcoHealth Alliance was working over at Facebook uh, censoring his own stories about having uh, 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 sponsored the Wuhan lab. The exact guy who was saying, hey, this a lab, this wasn't a lab leak and taking down misinformation, who's on the Twitter censorship board, was twi- was literally cleaning up his own mess and taking down the information of reporting about himself. I mean, that does, does it not seem like that's what's going on here? Is you get your you, you get your experts and they call it they're going undercover. You could call it like they go, they leave their post, working for the FBI so that they can continue essentially working for the FBI, but now actually just infiltrating these companies. I mean, that's what it looks like to me. You're just looking at deep state operatives going undercover so that they can better monitor the activities of the tech networks that they're censoring. I mean, that's the way I see it. All right, let's continue here. Elon Musk. So he tweeted, this was after a New York Post article. Uh, Now, New York Post can be sometimes on the more fantastic side. The fact that there's a lawsuit doesn't mean the claims are accurate, but they did post an article. Twitter refused to remove child form because it didn't violate, I think, uh, whatever the next word is, one of their policies. And they had a story in there about uh, literal kids hitting up Twitter to say, here are images of me. I'm under the age of 18. Those pictures were taken while I was under the age of 18. Please remove them from the platform. And they weren't removed from the platform directly from Twitter until those kids got the uh, um, Department of Justice to hit up Twitter and let them know that they had to take it down. But now, after all, these are busy people working for the deep state and making sure that Donald Trump can't just use the platform. So they don't have time to be addressing whether or not child porn is there. I mean, that's not the worst thing that could be on the platform. The worst thing that could be on the platform is talk about a Hunter Biden laptop story that actually turned out to be true because if that thing makes it to the way of the American people and we find out that the Bidens are corrupt and they might vote for Trump and then if they decide to vote for Trump, we don't have a democracy anymore. So forget about that child porn. We have to work hard to maintain our democracy because if people are allowed to make their own decision and vote for a candidate based on true information that the other candidate turned out to be corrupt, well, then we don't have a democracy. So don't look at that child porn. I mean, you can look at it because we're going to leave it on the platform. I mean, don't look at that as being an issue that we should have addressed over this other issue. So Elon Musk puts out, it is a crime that they refuse to take action on child exploitation for years. Jack responds, this is false. Elon Musk puts him back in his place and goes, no, it's not. When Ella Irwin, who now runs Trust and Safety, joined Twitter earlier this year, almost no one was working on child safety. She raved this, raves this with Ned and Prague, but they rejected her staffing request. I made it top priority immediately. Uh, now, this is one of those loose stories. I'd like to see some actual numbers on this. Let's see some actual numbers. How much creepy shit was going on on Twitter? To what extent was it ignored? If someone's in a content moderation job and they're ignoring an issue such as child porn on their platform, is there some sort of legal accountability for that? Uh, all interesting questions. Is anyone going to ask them? I don't know. I don't watch Fox News. Maybe Tucker Carlson's on it. But, you know, someone who's got the real data on exactly how much creepy children shit was going on on Twitter and whether or not they were negligent in not taking the proper actions and if Elon Musk was actually able to clean that up and reduce it. 
Now, while you got all this side talk of creepy shit, and you think the Dems would at least want to go, hey, here's the evidence that there were no creepy shit. Instead, they're busy talking about the increase of all the hate speech. What the fuck is hate speech? How are you documenting the increase? Does it matter if there's an increase in hate speech on Twitter? I, I, like, talk about just nonsense facts and figures. Hey, there's more anti-Semitism than ever. I don't know. I'm walking around. No one's giving me more shit than they were ever giving me. What proof do you have that there's more anti-Semitism and then it's on the rise other than that you're just claiming that that's a problem. And so we got to give more uh, money over to the JDL so that they could give black athletes a harder time. All right. So this is from CNN Business. On Friday, two watchdog groups published research that indicated Musk claims simply did not hold water offering one of the clearest pictures to date of the surging tide of hate speech on the platform. It's surging. It's not just an increase. It is fucking surging. Here we go. The Center for Countering Digital Hate and Anti-Defamation League both sent reports that the volume of hate speech on Twitter has grown dramatically under Musk's stewardship. Specifically, the Center for Countering Digital Hate said the daily use of the N-word under Musk is triple the 22 average. All right. So the N-word use has tripled. But how do they know? The more black people haven't joined the platform and they're just saying what's up to each other. I mean, what does that mean that there's more like is there more usage of the N-word by whites in a derogatory like fashion? Or are you guys taking the stance that black people aren't allowed to use the N-word and every time they do, it's inappropriate. And so even if they're congregating either in their personal lives or on social media to use a word that they use then that that is that what the JDL is saying? Is the JDL taking such a stance against black people that they're saying that they're not allowed to use the N-word? Because you're saying that it's egregious, that there's an increase, and you're not telling me that this is N-word usage by white people. So I'm just trying to understand your own information and exactly what you guys are taking issue with. All right, let's continue. Uh, under Musk has tripled the 2022 average, and the use of slurs against gay men and trans persons are up 58 and 62% respectively. All right. Fair enough. I'm sure here's I, I want to call, call uh, like maybe I'm going to start like really small charities that don't do anything. We don't put but we'll have really good titles like the Honest Charity Watchdog Group. And then we'll just make claims that like people like the JDL are wasting their charity money or the uh, the honest use of language on the Internet. And we'll just give people a, a negative score. I'll start coming up with more names. You guys can donate. All right. Let's continue. Let's take a couple uh couple things in the comments. Forrest Mommy. Hi, St. Michael and Kelly. What's up, Forrest Mommy? Christopher Jones. Robbie Ross said he's a cis white banana on the clip. Grand Greenwald played on his channel. Fair enough. Kelly, Kate, Kate Lena or something. Hi, Michael and Forrest Mommy. Look, everyone's just saying what's up to each other. Benji's just tuning in. Any updates on Jews for Yeezy? Uh, we're looking for some funding. Hopefully we'll get some big funding. We'll tie in with my other charitable work here of the a uh, charitable watchdog group where we give ne negative ratings to random charities and pretend like they're not actually using their money for charitable causes. All right, let's take uh, one more. St. Michael back in the chat, back in the chat. Very good point, Rob. Ha ha. Hey man, St. Michael, you're living up in Maine. Come out to the shell for my end of year. Uh, we're going to be doing the recap on Friday with the comedy show. And then Saturday is going to be a bigger uh, new year's party. All right, let's, continue. What else we got going on here? Uh, all right. I've been talking all sorts of conspiracy nonsense. Hey, YouTube tech censors. I'm just asking questions. I'm not even asking questions because you're not allowed to ask questions that are against the official narrative. So I'm just being an entertaining jerk off with absolutely no 
specific knowledge of any of the accusations that I'm not even making accusations. That would be the wrong way to categorize this show's called run your mouth and I'm pulling random information out of my ass to be as entertaining as possible. So please don't censor me or take these words seriously because nobody else does. You guys are the only ones you're being a bunch of real bummers because you're taking my words and you're pretending like they're super serious when they're not. All right. Now that we said that for the Lords of censorship, this was from the uh, zero hedge. And apparently when they made the January 6th decision, Jack Dorsey, he wasn't making those decisions. Jack Dorsey's like, listen, I'm out on vacation. I'm a male model. I've got my wizard trolling beard. I'm out here with other hot chicks that I can't get an erection for. And I need all my focus to try and meditate all day so that maybe I can figure out how to have a working penis to have sex with these hot chicks who are willing to have hot, uh, sex with me because of all the money that I have. But secretly, my wiener doesn't work because I'm just not cool even though I'm a billionaire, but I've lost all my masculinity when I got bitched out by government, when they either recruited me or took over their, my platform for their good and tech censorship. So, he, you know, he's dealing with a lot of thoughts. He's got to sit there when he's on vacation, spend most of the day meditating just so that he can hope to get an erection and have sex with one of the hot chicks that want to hang out with him because he's got a bunch of money. It's a, you think life as a rich man's easy. It's not always that easy. And so people are calling him and they're saying, listen, we're going to be making the most important decision we've ever made about this platform, which is whether or not we're going to censor and take a sitting president off the platform. And Dorsey goes, hey, man, I'm on vacation. You guys know not to disturb me when I'm meditating so that I can hopefully get an erection later tonight and have sex with one of these women that obviously don't like me because I talk really weird. Uh, and I'm not very personable and I got dead eyes. You know, he's dealing with all these things. So he's saying, hey, I'm on vacation. I'm calling bullshit. You know what I think actually happened? I think whatever FBI overlord that seated this guy from Penn into the job to be their plant to run the censorship and make decisions that will violate policies just to ensure that people like Donald Trump are being shadow banned and then ultimately removed from the platform. I think Dorsey gets a call and goes, hey, why don't you go on vacation for a couple of days? I listen, I know that you're not going to feel comfortable with these decisions. So why don't you, why don't you just take a little uh, take a little vacation? Our guy's going to handle it. And just, just, just don't be around for a couple of days and don't worry, it'll be taken care of. And now we've got the White House forms new interagency group to counter anti-Semitism, uh, which is great because now you can get back your old team from Twitter. Uh, all the people that, uh, that you liked in these jobs, they just left Twitter. So, you know, you shouldn't have any problem just getting your old gang of censorship people back together. They were all fired and now they can just have jobs back at the government working more directly and then they can be the ones calling Twitter to go, hey, you're going to have to censor this. And I don't know how that won't be a violation of the law, but they'll figure it out. All right. And now if you guys don't think that this show has gone deep enough down a conspiracy rabbit hole, if you haven't been listening and thinking, wow, Rob's either really telling the truth or he really is calling gone, gone deep into nonsense land. Uh, here was a headline from the New York Post saying that FTX Sam Bankman Free just hired just Lane Maxwell's defense attorney. Does that not once again sound like maybe this guy's tied in with the Epstein-Wexner situation, whatever the deep state of finance is that's going on? And they go, don't worry, our lawyer's on it. And you think that guy's even a good lawyer. I mean, all these other people ended up in jail. If anything, that's just the cover-up guy who has to work with you. And he basically tells you, listen, you're going to jail, but we're going to clean this up so that the story doesn't get any bigger. All right, maybe I'm connecting too many dots that don't exist. Uh, just so I can say, I told you so without doing any research or uh, quite understanding the story, because I've heard very smart individuals, including Gene Epstein, saying that the whole petrodollar thing, it's a load of crap. 
doesn't mean nothing. That's not what gives the dollar all of our importance. People are using it because, you know, all their currencies are just so much worse. But anyways, there's more chatter of the fact this is from Business Insider. China says it's moving to buy oil and gas in yuan, a move that could threaten the dollar's global dominance in the long run. So as me and Clint have talked about how, uh, you know, maybe this whole Ukraine-Russia thing shutting down COVID might be really bad for the dollar. Uh, you know, I'll just uh, every once in a while when I see one of these stories on this topic, I'll just mention it on the show so that if things go to shit, I'll be like, you see, I was the only person talking about it. Uh, all right. And then other things, you know, that I'm the only person talking about. Jake's Mint Chew. Guys, that's our official CBD sponsor of the Run Your Mouth podcast. So if you're into CBD products, and I know a lot of you guys are, a lot of people like it. They say it uh, helps with the anxiety, helps with the other things. Well, I want to tell you about Jake CBD, high quality CBD made in Massachusetts in these pouches. They're delicious. Sometimes I just like it because I want a snack and it's like you get some flavor, you get some calming juice, you shove it right up in your lip. And uh, this one's the cinnamon, which I haven't tried yet. I've tried the lemon. They've got all sorts of exotic flavors. They also got like coffee pouches. So like, let's say you're on the road. You don't want to be stopping for, for coffee. You're going to shove one of the coffee pouches right up there. Bam, you're getting coffee right up into your gums. Mainline caffeine. Oh, I'm awake on the road now. I ain't falling asleep. I'm driving my truck. Ain't going to fall asleep because I got Jake's been chew in my gums and in my sleeves. They can pay me for that tune later. Anyways. You go to Jake's Mint Chew, you use promo code ROB, you're going to get yourself 15% off. They got a whole collection of high-quality CBD products. They got gummies, they got creams, they got soaps, and then their main product, which particularly, dude, if you're a dipper, quit dipping, it's disgusting, and you can get one of these pouches. And if you've never dipped in your whole life, you can you can get some of that cool dipping energy where you take one of these pouches, you ain't got to spit, you ain't got to do anything. You just put it right up against your gum, you taste some delicious flavor, and you get that common juice from the CBD. So once again... Go to Jake's Mint Chew. Use promo code ROB. You're going to get 15% off official CBD sponsor of uh, the Run Your Mouth podcast. All right. Let's close out the show. Now we've got Fauci. This is another fun thing that's been going on on Twitter. You actually have uh, uh, Elon Musk criticizing Fauci, which is pretty great. Any amount of coverage that we can get to the fact that Fauci needs to be investigated. We're not going to make any claims that he's done any crimes. We're not going to make claims that he was clearly colluding with, uh, with these, uh, uh, pharmacy companies to get us all to take experimental, but we're not making those claims. We can't be making those kind of claims that that would be, uh, that would be both ignorant. You know, let's just come down from YouTube. Sorry for everyone following live. Just, uh, if you're a person that watches the show on YouTube, you guys can find the full video of the podcast up on Spotify, or you can go over to Twitter right now and uh, enjoy it because I'm going to continue streaming on uh, live on uh, Twitter. All right, coming down from YouTube. All right, now we're off YouTube. So let's continue with the show. All right, so you got Fauci, and uh, he's being criticized by Elon Musk, which is great. It's good that we should, because his whole thing was, look, everyone in the mainstream media loves me. Bono loves me. I'm the greatest thing that ever happened to science, and all the media is going, you can't criticize Fauci. Criticizing Fauci is dangerous. So to whatever extent we can break this narrative of the fact that no one should be criticizing him in any capacity, it's great. 
You know what I mean? Let's get a little transparency. And if this guy's so noble and he's done such a great job, well, then let's have a little investigation and then we can clarify that. Because you and I both know if we actually went after him, that's not what's going to happen. But of course, they're not going to go after him. So I enjoyed this in response to criticisms of Fauci. Here was the article headline. White House calls attacks on Fauci incredibly dangerous after Musk tweets. This was from uh, The Hill. And here's a quote from Jean Pierre. We are fortunate that he has devoted his career and his life and his exceptional talent to America's public health. And that's what should be discussed right now. She continued, that's what we should be thankful to him about. And again, these are incredibly dangerous and should be called out. And I just want to say this argument of what we should be talking about is how he served an entire career. You know, Hitler served his whole career serving Germany. The fact that you served your whole career doing something that was bad, you still did something that was bad. So let's have a conversation about what you did. The fact that you just, you did it. He was a devoted servant to the, he's worked for America, well, in a bad way. So it's not good. All right. And now you have Fauci. And let's hear what he has to say about the ongoing COVID-19 situation. Here we are going into the third year of it. And we are still Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic with the numbers that you just showed. He's been so effective with his vaccines and other policies that three full years later, according to him, we're still in a pandemic. And if only this God of science would be so kind as to not leave his post in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, in the middle of the American people being in as bad of a situation as we've ever been in, the Lord of science is just going to leave us to fend for ourselves. Unbelievable. All right, and then I think I had one Here last we are. story. Here, this is fucking awesome. Let's give this a listen, and we'll close out on this. Today, uh, I'm announcing a, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. And we anticipate that we will get the approval for that Uh, That will be something that will be impaneled, most likely in the Tampa Bay area. uh, And that will come with legal processes that will be able uh, to get more information and to bring legal accountability for those who committed misconduct. There you go. DeSantis is claiming that he's going to actually, within the state of Florida, go after these people for the side effects um, that we're starting to see and to quantify. All right. I believe that that is it for today's show. Today, today, if I had uh, any, I'm uh, announcing a, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida. All right. That's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Shell, New Year's, and uh, probably going to be the last time I do an end of year thing because I'd rather just do this daily. I'd rather do less work, just yell it while it's fresh in my brain, do the jokes live. And then just cut them as they work and then move on to the next topics. Because I got some really good stuff for this end of year thing. But it's like working a stand-up. And I'm like, why am I doing more work? I like less work. If I can choose between more work and less work. But it's going to be fucking awesome. So show the hell up to the shell. Uh, two shows. And we're, we're running it raw. I might do uh, I might do a Zoom run-through like I did in previous years for the uh, end of year. Uh, end of year recap. And so if you're interested in that, you can email me at robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I think I'm going to limit those to 20 people, probably be free. And uh, you guys can be my experimental home audience, probably do another show on Saturday. And then we'll probably be at a volume of like two of these a week until the end of the year. Once I get the the end of year presentation out, 
Uh, other than that, eat some sandwiches, jerk off, eat some cookies. Have a great day. You know, that's uh, that's about all I can bless you guys with. That's it. Later.